Acting Up with Jamie Crick. Yes, beginners, please. Today we bring you the usual West End mixture of magic whilst heading backstage to talk tickets. And we'll go to Joe Allen Restaurant for a bit of a gossip later on. Uh, that and your questions to our special guest this week. It's over to the Wicked Corner once again with Kerry Ellison. Who have you got? Oh, I'm very excited about our guest today because we spent a long time in Wicked together and I got to stare at those white trousers for a long time. It's my dear friend Ollie Thompson, or hey! Oliver Thompson, should I say. Hi, Ollie. So, well, Explain what the white trousers mean. <laughs> Johnny, who are you talking to? Uh, this week I caught up with ticketing expert Paul Hicks to find out all about the world of ticketing and how best to find the deals you need for a West End show. So here we are this week then. How was the week? What's oh, been going on? Very good. Yeah. I'm uh, still on tour with Calabro. We've only got a few shows left and then we end at the Albert Hall Indeed. very soon. Yeah, when is that? 20th of April. Wow. Um, yeah, that's Easter. Easter, isn't it? Around it then? is, yeah. 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 Um, you know, I mean, it's been lovely, but 52 dates they've done. It's incredible. And, uh, it's, been a, it's been a long time. I think the, the other country. day in Cambridge, it was so, like, chilled and happy and lovely. They were mm. Yeah, it's great. Do you, will you swap Easter eggs, do you think? I mean, if you buy, Jay, buy Jamie an Easter egg, he might run for the hills. <laughs> you know what? A lot of them have, like, one of them's gluten. <laughs> intolerant one of them can't okay. eat eggs one of them I mean it's full on so, I mean, so that's intense yeah. it is intense um, I on Monday happened to go to see a one woman show Liza Pullman sings Streisand which was fabulous well, I've seen that what a night. was it good it was great it was great really great I had to say the band were Phenomenal. I mean, it was a live jazz band. She was great. It's never great if you mention the band and not the live band. It was great. It was a great mix. It was a great night and uh, lovely to be back at the lyric. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. (laughs) Maybe a job as a critic is not for you. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, Kerry. Oh dear, we're giddy today, as always. (laughs) So, yes, we've got our lovely special guest here, Oliver Thompson, who we did Wicked together in, when was it? 2009? Six. We don't to talk about how long ago. Okay, it was. so a long time ago, uh, we did, we we were there for a couple of years, and it was awesome. I adored it. But you've been a busy boy. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been fairly lucky, I would say. I mean, yeah, hard work as well. But um, Wicked was sort of the catalyst for me. I was in the ensemble in the original company, understudying the part of Fierro, and then um, was luckily trusted with the role, and you know, stayed for a couple of years and cleared off some student debt and had a lovely time. <laughs> You've had an, an amazing career and, and so many, especially I meet young, aspiring singer, actors, you know, that go, you know, you say, who do you want to be like? And they go, oh, Ollie Thompson, I want that voice. I want that rock voice. And because we will rock you. you, you always had a connection. You always wanted to play that role. And I think you just had that amazing, like, sound. And then people were like, he's got to do that. He's got to do that. And I think... That show was a game changer, surely. We, we yeah. can we can wind the doors for your head after this. You know? Yeah, it's like, no, no, it's no. lovely. Isn't it? <laughs> it's um, no, it's um uh, the. I'm like his biggest fan. <laughs> he knows that. It's fine. <laughs> Bless you. Um, yeah, I grew up listening to Freddie Mercury. He was a massive Queen fan, but then going to theatre college, I sort of got pigeonholed as sort of more your Tony and your West Side Story, or yeah. the sort of legit more artist, which was quite frustrating for me because I actually auditioned for We Will Rock You four times in my career <laughs> wow. um, and the first time audition I was very when it first opened I was at college and one of our MDs we were doing Tommy the musical and he recommended me because they were looking for young rock voices I don't think I got past the first round I think they were just like nope and then about a few years later I auditioned for 
cover Galileo and was offered oh. second cover Galileo <laughs> and then at the time was offered another job that I decided to take instead oh. and I was quite frustrated because I was like I can do the yeah, I can do yeah. this rock thing I can do it I know I can it's just I hadn't done much of it at the, at the beginning of my career and then another opportunity came along and they just said we just think you're too tall you're too old and <laughs> you you're just, legs you're, just you're just not you're just not right for it and Come then on. literally five years later I did Rock of Ages, <laughs> and then I remember Kerry and Brian May came to see the um, opening night Thank or you. the gala night. Oh, seriously? Yeah, and Brian had so no, no pressure there. Then. No, I know, <laughs> I know. And, um, but Brian had seen me in Wicked with Kerry, oh. and um, and I remember Brian said to me in the stairwell, he went, "I had no idea you could sing like that." And it's just, it's, it goes to show in this industry, I mean, we have to be chameleons in musical theatre. Of course. Yeah. But at the same time, it's so hard to be a chameleon because everyone wants to pigeonhole you. But, but isn't it also because, I'm not, you know, you're a tall, good-looking guy, you, you have that, you know, that lead role look about you and sound about you that people go, oh, it's definitely a free arrow and so on. And then don't think about you for other roles. Yeah, I, I, must I, be I annoying, think, I think you know? no, well, I, I think it is. I mean, it goes for you as well as it goes against you. Of course. Um, I, th I think with the Galileo thing, it was very much that the original guy was quite a skinny sort of, yeah. more teenager-like. And by the time I did it, it was more a James Dean I'm a man. sort of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, and I think that was partly because the people over the years who played it had got a little bit taller. So the creative <laughs> team start to um, they start they start to see that so actually you keep going, done like that. So you keep going yeah. for it. Whereas yeah. the jump from me from someone else getting... was greater. So you you weren't in the show at the same time then for Rocky? No. No, no, no. No, no. no such a shame. I mean, you shame. were the original. Uh, Can I ask on Wicked, because I was also, I mean, not a very important part, but I was very much, my first ever job in London was an usher on Wicked in the very first cast. Really? You guys were there. Yeah, I was. Yeah, 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 that was. Yeah, that. And I remember thinking at the time how unusual this cast was in terms of the fact that a lot of the principals were, you wouldn't call classical musical theatre, Miriam Margulies, Nigel Planer. What was that first year like as an ensemble and as, as, a, as a cast together because as a show we all knew something special about it but it didn't really hit until probably like five or six months in and something went crazy <laughs> what was it like for you guys I don't, you know it, what, it, or is it just it, another job no it did feel I think because of it was so huge and also the expectation from Broadway it has been such a big hit I think the whole rehearsal period I remember it being in it was three mills weren't, yeah, were you? Yeah. and it was which is a huge rehearsal space mm. and it's a big company lots of people and it, it did feel like this is a machine this is a monstrous show and I, I don't know if we knew it was going to be a hit then but we did there was definitely a, a sense of this is something big and this is something very committed to. There's a lot of money being spent. You know, mm. you were being fitted for costumes straight away. And I think it was a definite collective. I mean, I remember, I have it, remember the first read through and there's, you know, 100 people in the room, which is rare wow. on an opening yeah. show. And and I, re I have vivid memories of Miriam Margulies standing up and crazy. saying yeah. funny things. And and it it did feel like there was something special, but you, I don't think you ever know it's going to be a oh, but you, Ollie, was it? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, like what Kerry was saying, it felt like that so often in theatre that we have to cut corners creatively mm -hmm. and financially, producers as well, to get a show on. And very rarely do you come across a piece where they're not and that was <laughs> what yeah. on Wicked it's it just felt like yeah they, they, you, yeah, they had can't. momentum they had confidence yeah. they had money mm. they had the time to really Invest. find the right people and then that sort of uh, is quite infectious for us as performers when you know you've been in auditions and they'd saw thousands of people I mean people were doing nine ten rounds wow. in, for the ensemble yeah, yeah. I mean they were people were going oh my god if I have to do that routine one more time <laughs> in like you know a room full of 30 people and they were just and so eventually once you got the job you were like hold on, I, I should feel very, very grateful that yeah. I'm here because 
as we all know, it can be the slightest thing that they pick you over someone else because mm. there's such a wealth of talent yeah. out there. And so you did feel like you were part of something quality and right down through to the costumes, the quality of the costumes, the shoes being moulded around your feet, which I'd never experienced before. They were literally drawing yeah, around yeah. our toes. So, yeah. making the first, yeah. so proper shoes like, yeah. like the last day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think wow. they're still like that. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, they've, they've got the money to yeah, do they, it. They've picked up such momentum look, now. Yeah. They go, the quality. And when you go and see it, you feel like you're watching a quality piece of theatre yeah. right from the orchestrations the band the set everything about it is just Broadway quality but, 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 by the way on Fiero what is it about the white trousers <laughs> no, what is you, it because no, you haven't stopped yeah, talking about yeah I just had to clear something up the white trousers have not got uh, <laughs> a tight over the years I think no they have uh, well, well I mean well Oh, I sorry, think mine sorry. were the tightest. Mine were literally <laughs> painted were so on. Tight. Excuse, excuse we me, were all... that, is, that is your unique <laughs> fantasy. I'm sorry. <laughs> they, they, may, they, may, they may have got tighter again, but um, I mean, I went here and I went. Why have they got baggy trousers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they were they were more like droppers. Mine you, were like ballet tights. If you haven't seen, <laughs> you, like they literally <laughs> went right up my. I'm not going to say. If you if you haven't seen Wicked, then Fiona's character does have these very Google it. The sort of bolero jacket. Thing on, so, so it doesn't leave a lot no. to the imagination oh, at all, does it? No. <laughs> and, uh, and, and when you see when you see him there, you, you're sort of like, right, well, there we are. Yeah. And that as a as a it's a bit like being a ballet dancer, male ballet dancer, yeah. isn't it? You you sort of it's not a lot to the imagination. No. No. But then you've got to do that big leap. I've always this is the, no, this is really the thing <laughs> that, know, that gets me. me. That leap that Fiero does off I, the rope or onto the statue. Onto the statue. Oh, off, I think right. off the statue. You, and, but halfway down, that's no, 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 the no, up on the set because I always think Fierro's never like some very small, like light. You're, you know, usually a big strapping bloke. <laughs> big, big bloke. Just the compliments coming. Big, it was, a, it was big, the trousers. It was a long holiday before I put those trousers. It's, it's a big strapping sort of bloke, and you suddenly have to leap onto yeah. this. And you're watching it going, please, please don't trip. Please don't. Please don't. Trip. Just get it. Oh, there we are. That's great. Has there been any moments, Olu, back in that show or in any show, in fact, that you've had a few little sort of incidents. accidents on stage. <laughs> any, any, are you, are well. you particularly clumsy? Um, cl- not clumsy. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this might be a bit too much detail, but in those <laughs> joppers, those ballet tights, <laughs> as you like to call them, the painted on trousers, I remember running at said statue and jumping up onto the statue after being in it for quite a while and underneath said ballet tights, said joppers, said <laughs> pants, you have to wear a jock strap. Yeah. Um, now, for those of you who don't aren't aware of what a jock strap is, they come in different designs. The one I would prefer would be a support and a, a string that goes up the back of your crack. Yes, yes. Um, exactly. That, <laughs> but on one occasion when Certainly I fifty pence of your easy uh, <laughs> <laughs> of, of your jock strap disappears yeah, somewhere yes, you don't like to when, talk about. Yes, and when I when I remember running at the statue and jumping up onto it, which you have to sort of you know you have to lift one leg rather higher than the other to get up there in the first place. I felt this huge release um, <laughs> oh, no. in the nether regions, no. and I didn't know what was going on. I was very confused. I was up on the statue singing some <laughs> big long note, thinking, what's happened, what's happened, what's happened? <laughs> and the rope had snapped. So I'd lost all support, but for a very short amount of time, I thought I'd lost control of something else. Because <laughs> I was like, that was a very odd sensation. So and luckily I, I get to go it. off and get changed. But yeah, oh, I had a few... Not at that point you'd visit the bathroom, wouldn't you? Oh, they, they yeah. were on stage yeah. in front of a few thousand yeah. people. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But my most, mem- my most memorable hiccup was between me and Kerry. Oh, please don't. I may have remembered this incorrectly. You can correct me if I do. But it you might have been two didn't. separate occasions. But I'm going to combine oh. them, even oh, if no, it is two occasions. Me and Kerry sat down to sing As Long As You're Mine. And, um, oh, no. 
<laughs> and I'm um, sorry. So this is you've got to see. This is Kerry Ellis, head in hand. Oh no, it's true. Yeah, That's and Kerry sort okay. of uh, knelt down to sing as long as you're mine, which for Fiero is you know his his, his only other big moment, and for Elphaba it's just a you know it's a small part a of her song. show. Yeah, and um, she forgot her lyrics completely, <laughs> and and so I decided to sing in the girls' key. Um, <laughs> Kiss me too fiercely. And I tried to try and egg her on, oh. and which made us laugh so much. To which we completely... Oh, no, and, and, then, and then we basically, throughout the song, managed to just about, just about get each, get each word out, but only between the two of us. Oh. I don't think at any point we were both singing at the same time. <laughs> and we got to the end of the song after corpsing our way through it so badly... And then there's a moment where, as, as a lot of Wicked fans will know, where we would go, she goes, I go, what is it? And she goes, it's just, I feel wicked. And then we will kiss. And then after the kiss, there's this, there's this chord that is designed to engineer applause, like yeah, in yeah, a typical yeah. musical theatre way. And what happened after that was probably about a quarter of the audience clapping. And the rest, of, um, the rest of the audience going, the rest oh, just, oh my God, I don't know what's going on. The rest just sat there going, <laughs> what, what are they, what are they? Mouth open. It was, I mean, I remember that feeling. It was all, you felt so sick. So sickening. But what, and what happens, like, does the MD come up and give you a slap oh, after? Oh, no, you do. We did. Do you get I think we, we, we did. We got a little slap on the slap. wrist. And I remember me and Kerry, for about two or three weeks after that, not really being very good friends with each other. Purely because we were like... I can't look at you. It's, we weren't blaming each other, but just like, let's just... I need to get moody with you, because otherwise yeah. I'm going to laugh at you. We had to distance ourselves <laughs> socially like so we could get on with our job like professionally. Children. In fairness, there can't be many Fieros that we be able to hit those high notes to, to no, take over from you. I think that's what made nice, me laugh. I, I found it so funny. I still find it funny so now. That's pretty good. That's oh, right. it's insane. No. It's insane. You might as well just give him, him the green paint next time. And you well, can have a night off. I was just, it oh. was just the moment. It was so funny. And right. anyway, but anyway, moving on from that. because so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What about Anne <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about what you're doing currently. Yeah. Because otherwise we could be we could, we could just be here get around all the drinks and be here. We need, for hours. need a whole, <laughs> a whole, <laughs> separate, a whole separate session. Uh, yeah. So um, you know, you've done leading up to Juliet. You know, Rock of Ages. Um, uh, you did Kinky Boots. You've done endless, endless oh, kinky shows. Boots. Tell us oh, about Mamma Mia. Speaking I mean, of tight outfits. Kinky Boots is great fun. A really good show. Uh, really tough. And the one one thing I sort of learnt on that was that even though I'd done shows like Rock of Ages and We Were Rocky and stuff, which were very high-intense singing, the amount of script that we had to deliver in, in Kinky Boots and the sort of high angst of it was a whole other ball game on, on stamina mm. and, and jumping between speech quality and singing quality. Yeah, and which also, is sometimes more tiring. Yeah, I found Kinky Boots probably one of the most tiring. And like over the Christmas period, I remember thinking, right, I am not going off just because I felt I had to prove something to myself mm. stamina-wise. And, it was, and it's, it's very good for your head to do that. But sometimes you're just like, I'm done. Yeah. But... Because it was so much fun, you kind of got your way through it. It wasn't yeah. like your lame misses, which are very, you know, angsty and mm. quite can keep you quite down. And uh, a lot of people ask me, oh, how was it walking in the boots? And I'm really ashamed to say I found it really natural. Really? Because <laughs> right. I just think I'd fall over. <laughs> no, I was, I was like, I put them outside, I was like, oh, guys. I'm good at this. I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why but that's a, that's a good or a bad thing. I nipped a prep just down the road here and uh, just, just getting a good out. So Is that because the wife gave you a bit of help? Or no, I, no? Don't, I don't. I used to play ice hockey, so I used to walk around on my ice skates. I don't know, uh, but not that. quite the same so thing. Funny. I think if I went on the ice in heels, that would be bad. <laughs> um, Although interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, and Juliet. Yeah, so moving on from that, because uh, Kinky Boots sadly came to an end earlier than it was planned uh, my contract sort of timed out very well with the auditions for this new production and Juliet and when I first heard about it you like a lot of people I just sort of assumed okay it's a it's another jukebox show based on pop anthems 
not knowing particularly who who Max Martin was, who's the chap who's written all these hits. And I googled him, and I was like, "Oh my yeah, goodness!" Yeah, big song. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, mean, just just explain. He has written some of the biggest hits: Britney I mean, Spears, yeah, I mean, Backstreet Boys. I mean, it's like yeah, he's he's songs. written he's written more number one hits than anybody else that's ever lived, apart from John Lennon, and Paul McCartney. And he's written songs spanning out over the past thirty years, ranging from back in the day with Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, John Bon Jovi, right up to modern day with um, Ariana Grande's hits and um, oh, wow. the, the Weekend. And I mean, it's literally <laughs> endless. So people wouldn't really necessarily know his name, but obviously they would know the songs he's written because they're done by huge, huge names. Yeah, as such. I mean, he's written more hits than ABBA. I mean, he's Swedish, and, like, yeah, and that, that's amazing. And you wouldn't necessarily know who he was, but the songs from the show are so nostalgic yeah. that seem to sort of represent this sort of coming of age of when people my age and older who were sort of fans of the Backstreet Boys and, and Britney and stuff who kind of go, wow, that was when I was a teenager, I was really into my pop music then, right up to kids nowadays who were really into Ariana Grande yeah, on the weekend. Yeah. And it is astounding. We sat there in the workshop process just going, he, he didn't write that. And they're like, the read through, we're like, no, no. And it, it, yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, the songs in the clip that they're using to promote the show is just probably uh, 50% of some of the hits yeah. that wow. you would that have been number ones. It yeah. is. But what was refreshing about the show and when I read the script is the script is very funny and written in a lot of, with some iambic pentameter and modern prose and poetry and stuff involved that ties it in with the Shakespeare aspect mm. of the of the story. We've been told we're not allowed to say huge amounts about the show, but I mean, basically... Because I'm just about yeah, to ask about you what it's about. Yeah, <laughs> but, but basically, exactly. we, we have to say something. We had a press launch in Manchester and they were like, tell us, and we're like, mm. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. But it basically is, if you imagine the ending of Romeo and Juliet being reimagined, and the show sort of starts with Anne Hathaway, Shakespeare's wife, not the famous actress we know today. Gosh, she's in it. Wow, that's good casting. That's, 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 that's why the press yeah. out there thought was about. Yeah. 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 So some, when's Anne in it? <laughs> um, there's plenty of nods to that. <laughs> um, but her wife sort of turns up at a rehearsal where Shakespeare is working with his players and pitching the end of Romeo and Juliet. And she sort of then goes ahead to sort of pick it apart and say, well, hold on, they've known each other for four days and she kills herself. Wouldn't she be better off trying to... You know, have more choice in her actions, and it's yeah. very, very much about that female empowerment, which is very, you know, current. And you play and, Juliet, well, yeah. <laughs> no, so I mean, I play Shakespeare. I was going to say you play Shakespeare. So yeah, you, but my, you my, take it on the no chin pressure. for all of this. Yeah. Yeah, no. But I mean, luckily, he's he's um, my version of Shakespeare and the Shakespeare we've created is not is not one like you would recognise. He's a bit of a lad. Um, it's kind of it's a bit like Danny Dyer playing Shakespeare, <laughs> right. singing right. singing Backstreet Boys and Bon Jovi. So this is not it, Kenneth Branagh. No, 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 great no, no. songs, but, yeah, no. I mean, but they're great. And they, they, um, some of the team involved are the the producers behind the Hamilton album. So, oh, wow. and if you go to and Juliet musical and see some of the taster clips, you'll hear that. I hate to compare it because it's not, you shouldn't really, but it, you hear some of those Hamilton sounds, those very mm. intricate, intelligent mm. string parts, yeah. along with those hard, heavy hip-hop beats. But it also works well on stage. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. That's what Hamilton does brilliantly. Yes. Yeah, it takes the music that you would hear in a concert hall yeah. or in a club and makes it work for a theatre. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's very much been influenced by that. Um, it's also got a six vibe as well. I was listening yeah, to it. I yeah, thought it's, it's got that kind of six kind of new. Yeah, well, the female empowerment. Yeah, and, that, and, yeah. uh, and it's amazing how some of the lyrics, you know, you just suddenly you reimagine. Like, mm. you know, when Juliet sings, Oh, baby, baby, how was I supposed to know at Romeo's 
grave. It's yeah. like, how was she supposed yeah. to know that you were going to... I've woken up and you're dead. Yeah, yeah. I was... All because of the confusion with the messenger being sent to tell Romeo that you... So it is very, very clever. But I think it's going to be a smash. And when it's did, coming to open? the West End, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it'll be at the Shaftesbury from November the 2nd. Um, we're going to Manchester for an out-of-town tryout. But we're, it's already in such good shape from the workshops and we're really excited. Right. We, we are very excited about it. And thank you for coming in. We, we do have a, a quick, uh, a quick collection. Kerry loves this bit. I do. Particularly the gift thing. But I anyway, do. let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> First of all... <laughs> Makes me sound so superficial. Oh, a quick fire round. I am. Um, oh, no. <laughs> no. Okay, so quick fire round. Yeah. Um, I love this bit. Yeah. Um, okay, best role? Drew. Um, From Book of Ages. Best co-star? Carrie Ellis. <laughs> Wicked. <laughs> I, you set that up. I did, didn't you I? Did. <laughs> Cheeky smile. I love okay. you too, Diane Pilkington. <laughs> <laughs> so do I, it's yeah. fine. Um, pizza or salad? Pizza. Oh, of course. Uh, red or white? Red. <laughs> um, best fan gift? Mosaic of my face. No. <laughs> no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Where did that, sorry, where did that come from? Of your face. I what don't was that? remember. I think some very kind uh, fan at Wicked did a mosaic of my face doing. A f- I think I may have the lantern up, Fiero picture. Oh. So that's the one I've always remembered the most. Wow. My mum has it now. Oh, does she? No offence, but my mum has it. It didn't. <laughs> I, um, yeah. I, I couldn't so have my own face in, in the house. Where she hung it. <laughs> I don't on. go home enough. <laughs> good answer. If you read reviews, best review or worst review? Do you read no. Them? No. Okay. Oh, Pause right. there. there you go. So, uh, uh, well, no. I mean, I, I mean, I had done in the past. I've had some crackers on Twitter. <laughs> That's good though, because you can see them instantly. But do, do you kind of stay away from reviews or not? Yeah. Yeah. You do. Yeah. I remember when I was when I was in Wicked actually. My brother used to, there used to be a forum where people used to put pictures and then write something about their opinion of that yeah, cast member yeah. or something. And the majority of them, I think, were quite nice. But my brother used to troll me and find, <laughs> and used to find ones. Hilarious. There's a family member. Yeah, and there, but there was ones of, there's ones of you and me oh, saying, no. and then like pictures of saying, what would their love child look like? Oh, no. Really odd stuff. I didn't, oh, but no. one of them just said, one of them just said, I don't know what the fuss is about. He can't sing. He can't act. He certainly can't dance. And those joppers look awful. And that's oh, your brother. There we are. Outrageous. Should have asked Carrie Ellis Amazing. about the joppers. Um, so we've got questions from people who sent us uh, notes talking about Twitter. Ooh, uh-huh. uh, Janet Brooks says, any gossip you can tell us about working with Carrie Ellis and Diane Pilkington? We've sort of done it. Oh, I think we've done those. <laughs> yeah, we, that was, that was the <laughs> You've done. given away a corker, I think. Yeah, I think that was probably the worst. A couple more listener questions. One is, when's your next solo gig? That comes from Gig for Ooh, Oliver yeah. Thompson. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, why why yeah. are they asking? Yeah. I don't know why. I wonder. I wonder. When I decide. <laughs> okay, fine. And then another I'm one a here. dad of two. I'm working. I'm very tired. <laughs> Back off. Uh, and then Claire Claire Sia is asked a really interesting question, oh, which oh actually dear. is Carrie related. Like, is this Carrie a good kisser? Oh my goodness! Oh yes, of course, because there is the snog. <laughs> yeah, we still to that. Yeah. Sure, I can only imagine how good can a kisser. Oh, no, I need to get closer on the microphone. <laughs> I can only imagine how good a kisser Carrie Ellis is if she didn't have green makeup. Oh, because yeah, we were told. We were told. You know, because we would come away with. A face full of green makeup. Yeah. Like, oh, Fier- Fier- Fiero would, I mean, there's, it's very technical. You have to make sure you do it, your face goes one way. So, and, yeah. then, and then for the rest of it, has to last for a certain amount of time. And then a and certain moment, you get to wipe your face before you turn and face with the lantern. So it was hardly wow. a moment I would like yeah. to judge so it's her. Not as, it's not as romantic <laughs> no. as you think. No. <laughs> Rebecca Langford, thanks for your question. She says, Are there any roles you haven't played that you'd like to, Ollie? <laughs> 
Do you know what? I've always wanted to do Jerry and Full Monty, the musical. That's a great show. I've always had this little obsession that maybe we'll do like a little charity version of it over a weekend. It's a great score. It's quite an unusual one as well. Usually people go, oh, the Phantom. No, I mean, mean, I've always liked to sort of stretch people's imagination. Like once I'd done Rock of Ages and we were rocky, I remember there was a few other pop rock shows that I was in the mix for that I kind of was like, no, I'm not going for it, I'm not going for it. And I got Guys and Dolls, and I was like, yes, because it, it felt like before I'd done the rock stuff, like I said earlier on in the interview, that people were very much like, oh, you do the legit stuff, you don't do the rock thing. And so I wanted to sort of stretch people's imagination again. To go back. Yeah, and also it was such a great book, and without Blow My Horn, when you sing well, people assume you don't do That's, the other yeah. stuff as well. Mm. So I always like to try and challenge, Surprise. to do Surprise something people. different yeah. from what right. I've done before, if I can. I mean, obviously you go where the work is and you've got to earn your living and, and work, but I like to try and stretch the imagination. So, I, of course, I would love to do something like Jean Valjean or, or Phantom, but um, I think there's time for that. Yeah. I think yeah. As, soon, as soon as you, as soon as yeah. you start doing sort of some of the older parts, yeah. people then start only giving you the older parts. Yeah. Whereas now... I'm getting old and playing Shakespeare. When you say older part, Shakespeare's pretty, you know. Yeah, yeah he's, I'm not sure how old he's meant to be. Ollie, it was great to have Absolute you with us. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Ollie. Thanks, Ollie. Yay, Thank you. Ollie Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast for TV fans by TV fans. Dedicated to everything on the box that's both on and in demand. On my Sky Planner, you will see things like wheeler dealers, the world's most luxurious airliners. That's a good mix. <laughs> Jeffers, what should we be keeping an eye on? We've got Cold Feet returning. The trailer looks very interesting. It's James Nesbitt and co. It's really worked, this comeback for ITV. Ready for your Tuesday morning commute. Series linked with me, Emma Bullymore and Mark Jeffries. It's acting up, and Kerry Ellis, Johnny Bunyan, Jamie Crick here, and we're talking about theatre this week, your theatre week, and you can, of course, subscribe to us. Acting Up Pod is the place to go. Look us up and uh, download and give us your best review as well. Indeed. So, please make sure you hit subscribe, and, of course, give us a five-star review. We'd love that, wouldn't we? We do, and it's free for all of you out there, so please support us. Lots of news to talk about this week, not least, of course, the Olivia's coming up uh, this weekend. So So I'm a little bit excited about having just seen Company recently. (gasps) I I so wanted to go to the last night oh. and we nearly had tickets and Stephen Sondheim turned up instead and it's just like yeah instead <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah he said he Stephen phoned me and said can I have your ticket <laughs> yeah. no but it, <laughs> was, but it was right, uh, it's been such a, a great run for them but mm. of course come from away has also got nine nominations nine mm. nominations you know um, I did speak to the lovely lovely Rachel Tucker the other morning and she just said you know I'm so thrilled to just be in a category with somebody like Patti Lapone she's done I think they're performing at the awards I think they're doing a little um, jukebox of all of their songs yeah. So, um, yeah, it's going to be great. When I mean, you look at Best Supporting Actor, right, in a musical, Jonathan Bailey for Company, Clive Carter for Come From Away, Richard Fleetman for Company, and Robert Hans for Come From Away. Mm. So it's, it's like, it really split. is, they must, I mean, yeah. hopefully they'll all get together and have a bit of a drink and enjoy the evening. Yeah, of course. I think people are just so thrilled to be nominated and to be part of it. You know, if you win, fantastic, obviously, but to go and just to be nominated is amazing. It's going to be a superb night. Of course, it's this Sunday. We will talk about it more next week and indeed we're sort of getting the view of the team at um, Joe Allen a bit later on on that other news this week Big the Musical is transferring mm. 
to the West End. It is indeed, yes. Which, of course, starred Tom Hanks mm. in the film, which I love that film. I love yeah, that The piano I scene in the film, oh, I love where he that dances film. on the piano, is one of my favourite ever. It's so memorable. And I actually think it's going to be a really good show. You know, it's good. visually, I think it can be great. And it's such a great story. And there's so many magical moments. Like you say, the piano on a stage is going to be... So- if they don't put it in, I'm going to be furious. Well, right, build it yourself. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's a short run, actually, interestingly. 6th of September to November the 2nd. We know why. At the Dominion. Because, of course, Jamie's playing because travel time. White I'm Christmas is coming in. Oh, and the thing is, indeed. So they can't be hanging on for too long, but it's starring the fabulous Jamie Guinness, those of you who might know from The Wanted, but also star of Strictly Come Dancing. He won that about two, three years ago. Fantastic performer. So I think it's going to be quite interesting. Mm, it's going to be idea. quite fun. Do, do you think when they do the piano scene, he could basically dance what notes he likes? Because obviously, the, 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 the pianist <laughs> behind there going, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, he could get it really wrong. Oh, I think it's going to be great. Too I'm much so pressure. And at the Dominion Theatre, I mean, what more perfect theatre for it to go into? I've uh, had the, uh, with the misfortune to talk to one of the world's top violinists who um, left her Stradivarius somewhere. Oh, I and love this story. can you imagine what that was like until she was reunited with it? We have a theatrical this version is just of genius. this, don't we? So Captain Corelli loses his... 129-year-old mandolin on the 8.30 train to Sidcup. I mean, this is just genius. It was the South Central service. (laughs) It was. I mean, first of all, he's going to be devastated, isn't he? So they're asking for commuters to say if they've seen it. Obviously, South Central are looking for it, and it's at the Rose Theatre. Um, opening night is 25th of April, so anyone who finds it will be rewarded with tickets for the show. In the meantime, they found another one. Oh, fantastic. Obviously, they've been to the Greek islands, or is it, it's the Greek islands, isn't it? The Captain yeah, no, it's, it's, it's Catalonia. I never I've got that. that. Book, everyone just. No, all the film. Never got it. But I do actually have a, uh, a family home in uh, Catalonia, where it's set. Bizarre. Do you? Just, just, yeah, really? just my uh, sister-in-law's parents own a place. It's at the Greek estate. So we should do a little couple. We should do a special. It's a Greek special. What other family estate? Tell me. Just Scotland. Lord Johnny. Just Scotland. Just the laird of Scotland. Anyway, so no, I think it's interesting. It is a nightmare. Must have all happened to us here in the studio at some point where you've been on a train and you go, "Oh my God, what have I done with that?" Well, usually you wouldn't be allowed. to take those kind of props out of the True. rehearsal place. So uh, the fact that it's actually gone out of the rehearsal, I'm sure he's got a practice. Got, yeah, so you, but you'd yeah. think that there what would be... What have you lost, a... though? Have you lost anything significant ever? Never a prop. I don't think I've ever you, been never allowed left to take with a hat that. from Wicked. I thought, I'll Can just take that tonight. I tried to take it on my last night and they wouldn't let me have it. Really? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I, I would have thought all, all alphabets got a hat. You should do. You know, and, a, should and a broomstick. Do. You should. <laughs> It's acting up, and don't forget we are here every single week. Now, Johnny, you've been looking at um, the people who sell tickets, the you know the whole and how tickets work. Because obviously, if you couldn't buy the tickets for the show, if you just had to wait outside the theatre, which you might have done hundreds of years ago, <laughs> we wouldn't have the theatre world we have today. So, who did you meet? Paul Hicks is a ticketing expert. He's been working in the West End for many years now, and what he doesn't know about tickets isn't worth knowing. So, <laughs> I started off by asking, what on earth do you do? as a ticketing expert. So generally I'm employed by the producer and I look after all of the marketing strategy for generally a West End show and it involves all the different marketing opportunities that come from ticket agents. So I'm managing the whole ticket agent offering. For those of you that don't necessarily understand the ticketing world, it is a complex beast. Simplify it by just explaining initially about West End ticket agents. So obviously you can go to a theatre box office and buy a ticket for a show, but there's other ways in which you can buy a ticket for a show. 
Yeah, there's lots of ways, and it's changed enormously over the many, many years that I've been working in the theatre industry. I remember years ago working in a theatre not that far from here, down what's now called the Novello Theatre, and the internet had just kicked in, <laughs> and we were selling tickets via the internet. But not we weren't, but there was Someone a ticket was. agency yeah. that was doing that, and it was phenomenal. I mean, it's like one day somebody came in and said, oh, we'd sold 20 tickets on the internet. Phenomenal. And now, I mean... Very rarely, the call centres that used to deal with the huge demand of people buying tickets and phoning up from adverts in papers and everything with the telephone well, they still exist, don't they? They still exist, but, I mean, hugely tiny yeah. by comparison to what they used to be. But these days, yes, everything, that the speed of which tickets can be purchased, the reason, you know, that people buy tickets from different agents can vary, depends on the sort of target market and what sort of shows they're looking at. If you're a group booker, you know, where do you go for those? If you're a tourist in London, how are you hit by that marketing to encourage you to make that transaction? In terms of a audience member listening to the show, what would be your advice in terms of what are the deciding factors you would have over where to buy a ticket for a show? I think if you're looking for something like if you're wandering around town today, for example, and you're thinking, oh, I'd like to go and see something tonight. So there's that short-term... I mean, yeah, I mean, we've all got smartphones. Most of us have got smartphones. You can go onto any number of websites and buy tickets right up to probably about an hour before the show. I mean, you can go to the TKTS booth in Leicester Square and you will see a whole raft of everything up there, varying discounts or maybe just at full price. If a show's doing super well, then they're not going to discount. Give us some top theatre advice in terms of booking a ticket. Or what major things should you avoid? Because there are places that you can go to in London, in Leicester Square, for instance, where they're not necessarily the most official booth in the world. What do you think people should look for when it comes to legitimately buying a ticket? Well, there is an organisation called STAR, which is, I think, years ago, this used to be, it used to be known as the Society of Ticket Agents and Retailers. And that is basically like the um, atoll protected tra- tra- for travel agents. So st- if you buy a ticket from a registered STAR member, and they will all have at the bottom of their websites the STAR logo, yeah. that means that you're buying from a legit ticket agent, and if you've got any issues that the ticket agent won't deal with for whatever reason, then you can take that to STAR. So that is a, like an ombudsman, yeah. in effect, for ticketing. So, regulated. Yeah, regulated for that. So, I mean, you know, majority of cases, do, we don't need to do that. But I would suggest that you sign up with the majority of ticket agents and get their e-shots and emails and just get the regular communication from them. And you would be surprised, the, you know, today you might get an e-shot from one of the ticket agents saying we've got tickets for so-and-so for the entire month of May and we're doing a no booking fee or we're doing an upgrade offer or we're doing something else or something else. Finally, in terms of what's on at the moment in London's glittering West End, any top picks, anything you've seen that you think, you know what, you can feel this is here to stay? Because the West End is a changing market constantly. There's either long runners or there's things that go in and out. What would you say is out there that you particularly think, you know what, I've got my eye on that for a while? Well, I think you're absolutely right. I think the West End at the minute is incredibly interesting because we've just lost a huge raft of big shows like Dreaming Girls on 42nd Street and Kinky Boots and there are a whole raft of new shows coming in and that's really exciting because it's sort of 
giving us a whole new climate of what's available and things to go and see. You know, I've heard Nine to Five is fantastic. I've not yet seen it. Hinted. Um, you know, <laughs> I have seen Waitress. That was a great show. I've seen Come From Away, which is fantastic. I mean, look at Six. I've not yet seen Six, but I think I'm probably the only person in the world. No, I still haven't seen it. So I need well, to. Yeah, we yeah, I mean, it's nominated for so many Olivier Awards, and it's you know it's a huge success. Now, who knew that that was going to happen? That was, of course, Paul Hicks there, and I have to say, I mean, he knows his stuff. So, mm. if we, if you want to find out about ticketing, just give him a bell. Does yeah. he get any discounts? Yeah. Oh, of course, <laughs> he knows places to get the discounts. That's the point. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Though, lovely to see him, and very nice to find out about another aspect of the theatre world, which isn't just being on stage. And what happens, you know, in a show, uh, the bit we see, if you like, the backstage bit, which is what we're here to bring you, as well as all the uh, theatre gossip and indeed talking of gossip. Let's go off to Joe Allen this mm. week because uh, I met uh, up with Cathy. Uh, Johnny actually joined me I think, uh, yeah. because Josephine wasn't with us this week. Um, <laughs> so you are honorary Josephine. I was. I pretended to be Josephine and uh, sidled up close to Cathy and off we went. Yeah. Talking about all their live performance. You just had another brunch. We did. A performing brunch. Yeah, just uh, And one I think we're all a bit gutted to have missed if you didn't make it. Mm. Because Rachel Tucker was here. Tell, tell us about it. She was rather amazing. No, they were fantastic. It was the Come From Away, the cast from Come From Away. They were stunning. They were sensational. They, they belted their little lungs out here. It was a really, really good afternoon. And everybody should come down and try one of our Yeah, so when brunches. is the next one? What? The next one, we've got a new thing called Musical Starters, right. which is on the 28th of April. And I've got my information in front of me here because it's a glimpse of a brand new musical called Unicorn, and it's by AJ O'Neill. Oh, okay. Who's the guy that's behind all of this? This is his idea, his baby, he's driving it. And he's got a lovely lady called Chloe Hart, Jodie Jacobs, and Nigel Richards mm. will be doing a little bit of light singing. So, are they going to showcase the new musical? They're going at noon, they're going to showcase um, Unicorn, but they're doing a slightly different format because normally on the musical branches, we have two performances of exactly the same thing to give as many people as possible the opportunity to come along and see it. Whereas this one, we've got Unicorn at noon. And then we've got a surprise second new musical that he hasn't told me what it is Ooh, yet okay. at two o'clock. Right. Yeah. And is that going to stay a surprise or do you... I'm hoping he is going to actually give me some information okay. at some point, <laughs> when, but you never know. When you said midday and, and two o'clock, do mm. people stay for the whole thing? They have Or do, they, do, do you get no. people coming in and out? You them yes, out? yes. No, what we tended to get was a brunchy lot, people coming in very breakfasty and they see the first lot, then they go off about their day. And then those of them who might have had a nice Saturday night sort of pottering a yeah. little bit after I was just thinking the Bloody Mary crowd yeah. like I was just thinking midday is a theatrical brunch isn't it really yes it yeah. is it's never going to be at nine o'clock is no, it? no gosh no brunch <laughs> nine o'clock <laughs> oh <laughs> no, exactly middle of the night that's exactly. something completely different <laughs> yes, no, in fact, no, 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 just, no we were just because uh, uh, we were looking at all the stuff on Instagram about the uh, last night at company which we didn't manage to make you know and I've been to see it and it's so so wonderful and we just wondered how how much sleep did they get after that. Yeah, and no. then again, they've got to think about the Olivier's coming up this week, so you've got to look good for that too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Poor things. I mean, they've been up for so many awards, haven't they? Particularly company, but I believe they've now got come from away competing. Would yeah. that be yeah, true? Is that yeah. information? I think it's sort of five or six nominations each, so wow. they are, if not more, they are definitely, yeah, it's going to be a tough category this year, definitely, without yeah. that. I mean, company, both shows, absolutely fantastic. But yeah. I mean, by this time next week, we'll know um, who was mm. won what. And you must get a fair number of Olivier yeah. winners. 
in here. We do. Many, many, many years ago, they were doing, I believe it was the Olivier's, at the, um, the well, Lyceum. Well, no, the Lyceum. Lyceum. I'm going right, back so that far. Now, yeah. Just to say that Joanne is right behind the Lyceum. Exactly. So. It might have not been the Lyceum, but I think it was the Olivier. Anyway, so it was happening there, and um, there was a lovely lady that came in, and she'd won a prize... And uh, she had her lovely statuette, and they brought it in, and they put it in the tote check, and then I heard an they absolute... Put the they did I put it on the table. That's dangerous. I, well, it was. I'm glad you said that, because the next thing I know, there was a, an awful squeal, and the head of the said thing rolled no. out of... <laughs> Yes, exactly. And then after that, that, you put up a sign that said, Live, that's oh, not I've, that, I, I've got to tell you, that was one of the yes. worst nights ever. Yeah, I'll I'll tried to get that Olivia Winners, please put it on Yes, me. exactly. Please put it on the table. Oh, yeah, you know? and realise that they, they, you know, they're not quite as sturdy as you might well, think. Yes, yes. yes. You wouldn't want to get it wrong in the dusting, would you? No, no, <laughs> imagine that. Comes off the mental Trying to glue it back on with some super glue. A friend of mine who will remain nameless is actually an Olivier Award winner, and he, I've held his Olivier, and they are weighty. They're quite weighty. I wonder how we quite managed to do that no, maybe no, no, when no did idea. he win when did he win Ooh, maybe maybe they were 10 years ago oh right, i'm going back further than yeah. that so maybe, maybe they maybe they were uh, yes uh, maybe after that maybe, maybe that was the year after which they <laughs> they stopped making it with resin or whatever and they, they sort caught up in the, on the olivios here but um so you've got your musical starters oh yes musical starters and, I've done that. and then obviously there's going to be um more of the sunday branches and, and yes obviously and the this is a, fiddler on the roof wow mm, in so may i was gonna say this is a natural sort of place to do that because it's Joe Allen, but at the same time, do you ever think, well, we, we need to, you've got the, um, the entrance coming into the hotel yes. soon, so on. <laughs> you're going to have to expand. Well, um, not expand, expand, because we are what we are, aren't we? And after moving, you, you just realise how precious it yeah, is, yeah. yes, and it's unique like that. But we are looking that hopefully next year we are opening a little bar around the corner, which will be marvellous, and then maybe we can get, um, and so these brunches... In, in the hotel? Uh, just further up here, yes. Oh, right, so, okay. yes, um, under the hotel, further up. Um, so almost it, next door, sort of. Almost yeah, next yeah. door, yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, these musical brunches could be a real sort yeah. of jump start for things we could do in there, yeah. because one of the challenges we do have in Joanne's As Is is that it's on multiple... You know, there's up, there's down, there's a there's split a level. big split level. That's the word I was looking for. Whereas if you have a big flat space, you can actually do yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's lovely to talk to you, Cathy. Mm, Josephine, you were you. great. Thank you so much, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Lovely to be at Joe Allen's once again. Johnny, thanks very much for joining us. No problem. And uh, next week we're going to talk about the pianos because I don't care if you remember the piano when you go in, there's always somebody playing and so on. Yes, I do. Yeah, we're going to talk about how important that is to them because it is actually quite an essential part of what they've done over the years to create the atmosphere of it. And, mm. uh, and indeed, the performers who've played at that piano. So Cathy's going to talk to us a bit about oh, that. Brilliant. Now, you've been off to see a show and uh, Babs... Indeed, no less, not well, sort of Babs. Sort of, indeed. <laughs> the lovely Liza Pullman, star of Fascinating Ida. She's got her own show called uh, Liza Sings She sounds Streisand. like Rob Streisand. She's amazing. Wow. She is, yeah. She's, she's, really she's fabulous. And it was a really lovely evening. Uh, it's a lyric theatre, so on a Monday evening, Thriller Live doesn't actually happen. It uh, has a night off. And so they uh, put Liza in for about three weeks, and she is just fantastic. A great selection of songs. Really interesting. Some songs I didn't know, some songs I did. And uh, she sets the scene beautifully. She's got, I'm saying to Georgia off, she's got an incredible 
normal speaking voice as well in terms of the way that she tells the story of Barbara. Anyway, I saw the show, loved it, and I thought I'd just hang around as usual and see what else my fellow audience members thought. Oh, yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah? Yeah, really yeah. loved it. What are you really doing? good, fantastic. I, I've just told her she was standing there. I, oh, should have got her to sign my ticket. Uh, <laughs> what what, really what made you buy a ticket? Uh, well, my young lady here, she's... Uh... I'm a Barbara Streisand freak, right. and um, we've uh, heard Liza uh, singing with other groups and thought she, she had an amazing voice. Um, it was OK. Yeah, it was. It wasn't actually what I expected. OK. And what did you think? Fair. My mum thought it was brilliant, by the way. Yeah, what did you think? I thought she was wonderful. I Are thought you? it was going to be more Barbara Streisand and In terms of the actual performance? Yeah, it was. She, I'm not saying she wasn't a fantastic singer, because she... Amazing band. What did you make of the music? The band, fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not saying that she wasn't, by the way, but yeah. the band was yeah. out of this world. It was superb. Yeah, it was very good indeed. We'd happily go and hear her again somewhere else or listen to her online, streamed. What did you make of her kind of whole performance of the show? I thought it was excellent. She's uh, got into the act very well and uh, I think uh, empathised with the audience. What I thought of the show? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was really good. What did you enjoy about it? Well, I, d- I didn't really know very much about Barbara Streisand, but um, yeah, it was fun. I thought it was really good. Really enjoyed it. And I thought she's got a brilliant voice. And why did you book a ticket? Um, we booked it because we like Barbara Streisand, but we never think we're going to see Barbara Streisand, <laughs> so we thought we'd do the next best thing. Um, she carried it really well. If I had any criticisms, um, we all have our favourites, don't we? So, yeah. oh, so we're missing a couple of numbers you wanted. Yeah, Woman in Love, Superman. I would have enjoyed that, you know? Same songs, we're, we're dead there. Yeah, it was, it was nice. She sang lots of nice songs. She had a beautiful voice. It was interesting that she didn't pick some obvious choices. Uh, and she sang some interesting... It was an interesting section of songs. Yeah, good. I learnt a lot. I like her little patter. It's very camp. It's like watching a very camp little Anthea Turner sing a song on the stage. Um, yeah, I liked it. It was good. Um, I love the storytelling in the show. And um, particularly for those people who don't know a lot about Barbara Streisand, it was really interesting to learn so much about it and some of the backstories about the music. That was the fabulous audience at the Lyric Theatre on Monday for Liza Sings Streisand. So that's it. That is it. For another indeed, week. Indeed. Completely goes so quickly. It goes so fast. Doesn't it? But uh, this week, are you out and about with Calabro? Of course, and... yeah. Last few weeks. So it's the last few shows, really. Um, but yep, back on the road. And Albert Hall is... 20th of, of April. 20th for the final night. The final, final night. Which would be absolutely fabulous. Mm. Well, have a great week. Thank Thanks you. for joining us on Acting Up. Don't forget, if you want to subscribe... All you have to do is hit subscribe on your podcast platform and also make sure you give us a follow on our social media. That's Acting Up Pod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And you can say hello at actinguppod.com. That's our email address as well. And give us five stars. Absolutely. It all helps. <laughs> it does indeed. <laughs> it's lovely. Thank you. Have a great week. Thank See you, you next bye. week. Bye-bye. Bye. Acting Up is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com.